watching and listening to this podcast. I am Yogile from One Mind Zone, the holistic health and wellness platform based in Barcelona. And today I'm back with episode 12 of Inspirational Conversations, the podcast that inspires you on how to reach a balance of body and mind in any possible way. As there are endless ways to become a more balanced person in this chaotic world. And one of those ways uh, to get balance for me has been Tibetan Buddhism for many years. And this is the topic what we're going to speak today a lot uh, about. And this beautiful life friendship between me and Tibet started when I was 16 uh, during the Dalai Lama visit in Lithuania in 2005. And I had a chance to, to experience and see Tibetan monks from India doing the sand mandala of Avalokiteshvara at the Zelinska's gallery in my hometown in Konas. And I was deeply affected by that whole process as they were doing that mandala for nine days and, and destroying it afterwards. And when I think, I still remember uh, each moment from that event and I still get the goosebumps when I remember how the process of the doing mandala, the, the monks, how they were chanting the mantras and even the smile of His Holiness Dalai Lama when he was passing by, when he was leaving the event. And I have to say this was the real door opener for me to, to come to spirituality. And from the day I bought my first book about Tibetan Buddhism, and one day I was dreaming about studying the Sanskrit language and going to live in Tibet. Apparently it didn't happen. Uh, but but my heart and my soul was always there and um, this is why this episode is very very close to my soul and to my heart because I've been always wanted to to have a guest speaking about this topic and I'm very happy that today joined me to speak about this topic and much much more a Tibetologist and Tibetan Yantra yoga teacher Jan Dolensky. Hello Jan. Happy to have you here. Uh, happy to be here. Nice to hear also your introduction. I didn't know all these things about uh, your uh, connection. I'm so excited to hear that. Very happy to be here. Um, um, I'm very pleased that, that you're joining me today. And because also um, uh, years afterwards, when I, lived in, when I lived in Berlin, I was already reading so many also different spiritual books and by accident I had the book about the Dzongchen teaching in my hands and this was also another door opener to, to um, discovering a new new way of teaching and through that I also discovered the Yantra yoga actually the most ancient yoga that, that exists and um, I had a chance also to 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 do to join the workshop in Berlin of Yantra Yoga and to take some regular practices for a while. So uh, we're gonna have so many things to speak about today because <laughs> because uh, we have so many things that um, is also interest me. So first uh, things first, I know that you're also combining many different 
breathworks techniques and so on in your teachings while also teaching the yantra yoga and advising people and you're also the active uh, buddhist practitioner as well so i would also like to hear your story tell me where did it all begin well it's a kind of nice to remember uh, um, it was uh, when I, I think when I was kind of 17, I started to be um, kind of very interested in different uh, spiritual teachings. But at that time, um, there was not much available in Czech Republic. It was shortly after the revolution, uh, the communist uh, regime uh, fall apart. And also I was not living in a, such an environment. Uh, I had not like friends who would be interested in similar things. But slowly I uh, got to, to know some people and then uh, at first I was actually interested in the psychology, in like Jungian psychology and psychotherapy. I did also some workshop about uh, that and about some psychotherapy uh, methods. And uh, this brought me to the decision to go to work to mental hospital in Prague, it was a big mental hospital. And I was interested uh, to understand how mind works and also how psychosis, for example, is working. And also, I had a kind of, how to say, spiritual view of uh, of mental mental suffering also. And at that time, um, uh, I also met uh, first Buddhist practitioners in Prague. It was already in Prague. And I was quite skeptical in the beginning, I remember, because I was more like uh, convinced that I should be studying things that are like uh, more domestically are here already in Prague and also study maybe the Christian tradition more and uh, psychology. And, uh, but uh, nevertheless, uh, I went to see uh, a teacher who came just uh, around and was coming actually regularly. And I was quite impressed. Um, I think I was impressed by his uh, somehow presence. Yeah, he was a Western teacher, but was a Tibetan Buddhist teacher. Mm -hmm. And uh, then I remained somehow uh, interested, and I uh, joined also the group uh, for practice. But I didn't feel there so uh, at home somehow. Means I was still kind of open and looking more around, uh, and then I had a different series of encounters that uh, brought me to decision to go to uh, to Italy to go to see Chogyanam Kainobu Rinpoche, who was teaching there regularly. And I mean, it was kind of a real beginning the encounter with him. You know? Means, uh, I mean, uh, back to that. I means there was this uh, psychotherapy, psychology interest, and and somehow the also I did the training uh, to I was actually planning to become psychotherapist, uh, mm -hmm. and then suddenly came this encounter uh, with uh, Buddhism, and in the same time there was a kind of I was a little bit uh, burned out from the work in the mental hospital. I was a little bit like um, upset, couldn't somehow couldn't uh, yeah. So I was basically overwhelmed by that. Means was for me kind of also liberation. I kind of left this uh, decision to go uh, to continue in the training, but I went to uh, to study Buddhism, and I felt really relieved at the time because I felt 
mm, it has much more to offer uh, than uh, the things that I encountered so far, yeah? at least as I have understood them at the time. Mm, yeah, and it started like that. Um, and after uh, basically uh, was uh, traveling uh, around and uh, planning the different practices and uh, the, the teaching and try to apply. Wow, what a beautiful story. Wow. Yeah, it was a beautiful, but there was also a lot of, uh, it was a quite tough time. I remember just because I listened also to the previous uh, podcast that you uh, have, have uh, hosted mm -hmm. uh, with the astrologer, no? Uh -huh. And I remember um, because also it uh, it's, uh, fits to the uh, topic of psychotherapy. Mm -hmm. Uh, at that time, um, I was a little bit, I was not sure what I'm going to do. I'm going to India or I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. Mm -hmm. I was sure I have to do something. I have to leave Prague. Mm -hmm. It was for me very clear. But uh, beside that, I didn't know anything. <laughs> it's, I decided to see Astaroja. <laughs> was a, a lady. Uh, she was uh, already quite uh, famous at that time. Mm. I know she studied uh, astrology in Russia. She had a kind of a Russian mm -hmm. uh, tradition of astrology. And uh, because I was working also in tea room that time, serving a tea, and she would give her lectures there. Oh. And so I, I got, got to know her. And, um, and I went to see her. And I remember it was a very beautiful encounter. It was uh, close to the Carl's Bridge in Prague, you know, this in the downtown. We were sitting in a cafe, and I still recall that, uh, like the presence, you know. And then uh, she had the chart that I still have. Yeah, it was two thousand means it's twenty one years ago. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and <laughs> she would start to tell, and I, f I could feel how suddenly, you know, the some of the things were kind of falling apart, and I could see clearly many things. Yeah, and. Um, uh, she told me also some things that I still remember. For example, she told me that my life is connected to the uh, to live in the West. Or maybe she didn't say send that in that way, but she said to the West uh, is connected to your life. I thought That's strange. I mean, I'm studying Buddhism, <laughs> going to India. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to India. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, but I felt so purified. Yeah, it was a, such a deep. Uh, I think it was also her human nature her humanity, uh, but also the, the skill, uh, the tool that she was using, yeah? mm. this combination that also is needed also in psychotherapy or any kind of uh, encounter uh, yeah, techniques. Yeah? And uh, then I left, uh, I remember that suddenly this uh, clarity, you know, this, uh, this liberated state was kind of fading away. <laughs> when I crossed the Carl's Bridge uh, back to um, my way to home, I suddenly had not anymore this uh, this uh, kind of liberated state that <laughs> was coming back to the to the normal. To the normal. But something to the something's remained, yeah. And actually, uh, short afterwards, uh, I I was planning to go with a friend to India, but uh, suddenly it turned out that I decided to go to U.S. <laughs> to a Buddhist center of my teacher means. But uh, not to the east, but to the west. <laughs> Means it, was <laughs> it happened somehow, yeah. And it continued actually also in the coming years. Means it was a just nice remembrance of this encounter also. Mm -hmm. 
because it's also as you say you didn't plan but everything like the 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 destiny planned by itself actually and everything actually went pretty harmonious <laughs> yes <laughs> if you listen it <laughs> yes yes yeah Yes. And uh, at the moment now, as I know, you're also teaching a lot of uh, different breathwork techniques uh, to to people. And when was your first experience of of the breathwork, or or maybe better to say, when did you first realize the potential that the breathwork can can bring to your life? Well, um, I think the first. Um kind of remember, uh, memory that I have and experience was connected to Yantra Yoga praxis and smoking. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, short, short after I met Chobyanam Kainogu Rinpoche and got to know Yantra Yoga and I took the decision to go to, to West Massachusetts to stay there, work there and to learn the, the practices, the teaching. Mm -hmm. And at the time I would still smoke. I was not a heavy smoker, but I had this, uh, you know, this habit, drinking red wine, reading books and smoking. <laughs> and I liked it uh, somehow very much. Uh, and uh, then I, when I came to US, there were not so many people really smoking. I mean, so I, I was also not smoking really, but uh, there was a one, one person who was quite, uh, important for me he was kind of very kind to me he took me around he showed me things and um, he was uh, also old practitioner already of he had a different teacher before who already passed away 84 I mean see that uh, been studying Buddhism for a long time but also he had this habit of smoking <laughs> and drinking wine <laughs> and he had a car like a van like old Volkswagen um, mm -hmm. uh, transit no? Mm -hmm. And he would uh, stay there and uh, write a poetry and I would hang out with him and also listen and we would exchange. And basically, I would listen to him mm -hmm. and I would also smoke, <laughs> of course. And then, uh, but I started also to practice Yantra Yoga at the time because I had this opportunity. There were already practitioners who knew that uh, mm -hmm. the practice very well and I uh, joined the practice. And soon after, I realized that um, my breathing, which in Yantra Yoga is really crucial, uh, it's kind of really constricted with the smoking. <laughs> Inside, after so short actually, while, smoking, after... it's really limiting, right? The, the, the potential of the breath, no? Yeah, it is. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it is. I mean, there are many different ways how we can constrict our breath, but mm -hmm. smoking, for sure. Yeah. Mm. And just soon after, I realized, okay, Either I will continue on smoking or I will be doing yantra. <laughs> I decided for yantra and uh, I left it out slowly, slowly. I didn't have the desire to continue smoking. Yes. But I could really see how the um, breath uh, potentiality really uh, developed after I stopped, after some time, it took some time. Mm. I could feel really uh, how uh, it was opening up and how I could feel also the the effect of the practice much more. I also mentioned in the beginning that you are uh, teaching different uh, types of the techniques of the breathing. So we're gonna go now a bit. Speaking about different different techniques, you are you are teaching about. So you also uh, teaching the coherent breathings. Can you describe this style and what are the benefits of this way of breathing? Uh, 
Coherent breeding, the name was given by uh, Stephen Elliott. He's an American researcher. Mm-hmm. And I think about 2005, I think he, uh, he had uh, some experiences and he was doing some research and he gave the name to this technique. But of course, this technique and itself, the way of breeding like that, it's probably very old, uh, just in the modern, uh, to say, world, uh, the research came and there is this name. Yeah. yeah. Maybe in other traditions, they would call it in a different way. Um, uh, and uh, the, the technique is, uh, is, is very simple, actually. Um, it says that uh, we should apply the same length for the inhalation and for the exhalation. Mm-hmm. And also in quite a slow rate. You know? I mean, it's, it's a not very fast breathing. It means. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to the research, the best is to, to breathe about uh, five to six uh, breaths a minute. Mm-hmm. Means, for example, if I inhale six uh, seconds, mm-hmm. for six seconds, and exhale for six, then it's five breaths a minute. You know? mm-hmm. This um, For 20 people, it's not difficult, no? but uh, for a majority of people, it also could take some time to really slow the breath uh, until it becomes comfortable to breathe like that you know, because especially if we are like agitated and uh, not used to work with our breath and we are breathing much more maybe 20 20 times a minute or even more you know yeah and that's why for that uh, sometimes uh, training is needed but also can be trained um easily there are methods how we can train that then um the other aspect is that, of course, our breathing should be more uh, relaxed, means especially the, the breathing diaphragm, the respiratory mm-hmm. diaphragm, it should be really relaxed. Since we are kind of really making use of the um, abdominal breathing very much. Mm-hmm. Huh? Of course, the whole body, but also this part should be really relaxed, means the technique itself can help can help us to relax also the diaphragm. But if we do some training before, again, can be trained, uh, can be uh, addressed, and can be also relaxed. Then it's mu- it has much more effect. Effect means uh, this also important part. Means it's relaxed, and the inhalation when we inhale uh, should be relaxed. Um, slow in the, let's say the six uh, seconds a minute, and in the same time, not up to the, our full capacity, means we are inhaling oh. like half, mm-hmm. like um, 40 to 60%, yeah? mm-hmm. which means uh, if you are sitting, for example, we can apply this method in sitting position or lying, I mean, it would feel a little bit different, but we yeah. are staying more in the lower part, you know, it's not so much that we are breathing up to the chest, higher chest. So it's just it's in abdominals. Mostly. It's not only abdominal, but it's mostly there. Yeah, it's a mm-hmm. kind of uh, doesn't go until here, like the whole the whole diaphragmic. So mm-hmm. And when it goes, then it goes without effort. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like they are forcing it. It's like a wave. You are with the inhalation. You have to put intention on you inhale in this uh, slow, uh, paced, relaxed way, and you don't go very far. You just go to the half of your capacity. Yeah? Mm-hmm. It doesn't say exactly how it should feel like but each of us we have a we will have some experience of that and then uh, the exhalation should be completely relaxed means uh, the exhalation we kind of just let go Uh, we let the body to relax Mm -hmm. it sounds easy but again it's difficult because sometimes uh, we have the habit of also controlling our exhalation you know and this 
creates a tension usually, but we have this habit. Uh, I have the habit also. Yeah, means uh, take some also training, but uh, can be also trained and after few days, yeah, we can have already this experience. So we can begin to have kind of experience like of a wave, like wave coming in, you know, and then coming Doing around and coming back. Yes, exactly. It's like really I have the experience of a wave sometimes, which moves by itself after some time. And of course the mind, you know, the mind should be relaxed, present in body. And we have nothing to do, uh, just, you know, just guide the breathing and let, let go the exhalation. Sometimes they are also for the exhalation applied uh, like a, um, kind of a, a soft uh, concentration. We can concentrate on different parts of body, which can help us to relax even more. But this is, okay, this is another step. But basically this is the, uh, the technique. It's uh, just summarized, uh, it's uh, the length of the breath. Uh, it's the same for inhalation, exhalation, let's say five to six breaths a minute. There are many apps now these days uh, you can uh, well. download. Yeah, there are like applications that you can just choose there how long should be the inhalation and ah. exhalation, even pauses in between. But here we don't apply any pauses. Yeah, Sometimes also in uh, yoga techniques or other breath works, we apply pause. Exactly, or, or, the, or the yeah retention of the... Of the retention breath. after this, for example, inhalation or after the exhalation. Uh, but here not, uh, and it, uh, according to the research, it's shown, it shows, and it feels like also like that, I have experienced with it for many years, myself practicing, that it uh, strengthens the, um, the smart vagus nerve, you know, this is like the, yes. the front vagus, everybody speaks about it now, means basically it uh, relaxes and strengthens also the parasympathetic part of the nervous system. And um, yeah, means the ability also to relax, to be empathic, exactly. yeah, to, to, to reduce anxiety. Mm. Reduce anxiety means it is used also in um, this context, for example, in people who have depression, anxiety, like that uh, can really. And also in my experience is that it, uh, um, it strengthens the lower tantian, as we say in Qigong, like really it kind of uh, massages also the, the organs and mm -hmm. somehow harmonizes and I always feel there is um, kind of like um, it accumulates kind of energy in the lower part like also the kidneys and this is my uh, experience that I have myself because I do also practice uh, Qigong mm -hmm. sometimes I have this um, I feel this, this, this connection and then what is important and uh, what we say that there is also this um, heart, heart rate variability which is also quite known now, is this breathing uh, also uh, strengthens this ability of our heart to increase the, uh, the variability. It means then when the breathing is coherent and with the inhalation, the heart starts to beat a little bit faster. Yeah, But uh. let's say the wave, it's always like that with inhalation, Yeah, when it's also relaxed, heart is a little bit faster and the okay. exhalation goes again down yeah it becomes uh, the rate becomes uh, bigger slower mm -hmm. Yeah? Mm -hmm. and it's like that means but normally if we are like stressed and the breathing we are not breathing in this way and also we are I don't know trapped in emotions then it's very chaotic yeah if you see the uh, 
uh, rate uh, the, yeah, the, how the heart is uh, beating. It's very chaotic. Mm -hmm. But here we are creating uh, using this coherence between the breathing and the heart. Also on the deeper level, uh, physiological level, we can observe also uh, different uh, effects on our of the behavior of the blood circulation. But this is another uh, bigger topic. Means there is a kind of a coherence which takes place, which creates again a bigger coherence with ourselves, but also with the surrounding. But we can observe it on our uh, heart rate variability, for example. When this heart, heart rate variability is, uh, is, is strong enough, then we are also able to deal with stress in a more relaxed way. Because yes. uh, there is this, uh, we are kind of trained, the heart is trained and uh, we don't lose the control. Yeah? The mind is stable also. Exactly. Because mind and heart also connected uh, very much. Yes. Yeah, basically, uh, this is like a short uh, description of that. Yes, I can imagine you can also apply such a breathing technique while meditating as well, no? I think it's also when we are relaxed, this is my impression, yeah, doing practice, or then if we come to this breathing anyway, somehow, this is also mm. my... Uh, Naturally, kind of no? Yeah. And of course, uh, if we are aware of that, then we can also help, no? because we can consciously uh, influence our breath. And yeah, like Stephen Eliotis recommends that we should be breathing as much as we can in this way. But of course, yeah. Depends uh, if you are running, uh, trying to catch the autobus, or you know, trying to <laughs> breathing in different means. Uh, yeah, but it's interesting because also what it does, uh, it's uh, really slows down the breath. No? So in yoga, we say that the life is measured with the number of the breath. No? Somehow, if you are breathing slow, relaxed, then yeah, somehow creating a space. Uh, for whatever yeah, it's needed, exactly. longer life maybe, or more clear mind. Yeah, it's anyway, it's, uh, it's a good, it's also nice to experiment in gentle way with one's own body and breathing without, there is no any uh, danger. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, uh, even though I have sometimes, sometimes people, uh, um, they uh, have experiences, at first it's relaxing and they feel then they are becoming more agitated Mm -hmm. that I have heard that also but this is I think um, always uh, like when we are used to to be in stress a lot then uh, somehow in this uh, first maybe we had this experience of relaxation but then somehow this habit of stress is kind of coming out it's yeah. usually like a reaction but it's not the effect of this way of breathing it's more the way how we react as a whole being to this uh, decision we want to slow down we want to relax you know there is a resistance also means uh, but otherwise uh, it's very safe method you don't need any uh, anybody to yeah somehow anybody can apply that uh, there are many of the of the breathing systems uh, that been studied and applied in the past and nowadays what do you see as the the particular advantage of the Respira harmonious breathing, because you also, I know you're also teaching that. Well, yeah, I'm also a practitioner of that. I mean, the technique was called uh, harmonious breathing in the past, but now it's called Respira. I mean, so I sometimes use both, <laughs> uh, but it's uh, called Respira. The, the, um, the founder of the um, 
of this system decided to change the name for certain reasons. Anyway, means it's, um, the, it's the Italian name actually, no? Or yeah, it's uh, his name is Fabio Andrico. Yeah, mm -hmm. so I would say he's the founder is uh, Fabio Andrico. He's also um, and it's in Italian ex exactly it means to breathe. Yeah, like imperativo, mm. <laughs> respira. And uh, um, Fabio Andrico is also he's also student of Chogyanam Kainobu for a very long time. Jorgen Nankorn passed away also in 2018. And Fabio Andrico is also one of the main teachers, of two main teachers of Yantra Yoga, of the Yantra Yoga tradition that Jorgen Amkai mm. teaching in the West. And uh, also my teacher, because I studied with him, Yantra Yoga as well. And uh, this method uh, is paid based on uh, knowledge that comes from Yantra Yoga, the way how the breathing is applied there which is very profound uh, uh, because I also I know I practice, I consider it as a profound. And then uh, also knowledge of like uh, recent research about breathing, about this neurobiology uh, things mm -hmm. and, and uh, aspects and as well like the yoga anatomy and breathing anatomy. Means it combines like a different, uh, again, like the old knowledge with the new knowledge, I would say. Mm -hmm. yeah? And it, uh, Fabio Andrico created a system which is uh, simple, simple in the sense that it can be uh, applied almost by anyone because it doesn't need to be, um, you don't need to be flexible, like have a kind of a special training in breathing or body, body work. Mm -hmm. um, it's um, like in, uh, in the uh, reading anatomy, we speak about uh, about like different parts of breathing, which is at first the respiratory diaphragmatic breathing, mm -hmm. which is uh, the abdominal breathing, mm -hmm. then um, then the uh, intercostal, which is like a dorsal, uh -huh. thoracic, yeah. which is mm -hmm. like a chest, and also upper chest, uh, clavicle, mm -hmm. is called also mainly. And the same takes place in our back, means the dorsal part of breathing. Since we are breathing like 360 no, mm -hmm. degrees, but mm -hmm. we have usually the presence in front because our eyes are in front. But of course, <laughs> of course. Breathing. I just try right now to imagine because yeah, yeah, yeah. they breath in and try to kind of feel it out. <laughs> I think if put one eye would be like also here, then maybe yes. <laughs> focus more on the, on the dorsal breathing. Means in this uh, technique, we are uh, we are not like trying to create something new, like a special way of reading uh, to achieve something. Uh, we are trying to create a space uh, for like that the original can take place. Huh? Oh. Means we are to try to reopen, yeah, reopen the sense physically, reopen with the connection, position, and breathing, mm -hmm. and also the awareness, yeah. And, and observe that and let it uh, to open yeah? and just it comes back to the normal to the which is maybe when you were born yeah? yeah or more younger or more relaxed not so much conditioned and since we are not creating something new more we are creating space that the uh, original can uh, can manifest again mm -hmm. means at first no we would have different series of exercises for opening mm -hmm. the lower part of the body there are different kind so that anybody can do that because some of the series are maybe more advanced for somebody, some are a little mm -hmm. bit less uh, 
as advanced. And then the intercostal and thoracic and upper chest and the dorsal. You know? Means different series that can help us to reopen uh, like one of these parts mm -hmm. of the body. Again, it is combined with presence and awareness. It's not like only that you take a position, you breathe, and then it's done. It takes uh, time to slow deeply uh, breathing and relaxing and observing. And uh, we also so, do... I guess it's also, also with visualization we do as well, no? Because if you mm, have well, visualization... the inhale with the back and so on, or well, you can uh, you can when you focus in the in the mm. area where you are breathing in, this is already like enough, you know, because mm. we say where the presence goes, the prana goes. Means when we focus on certain part of the body, automatically the breathing goes there, and also the subtle way of breathing, just mm. the prana, goes there. Means we don't have to visualize something um, like uh, special, but just a simple presence. Uh, combined also in my experience with kind of a mm, gentle attitude towards oneself. It's not like that I'm going to now to teach the body to go to back, you know, to not. Yeah. <laughs> so it needs to be, there has to be also this, uh, this kindness, yeah, this uh, uh, towards one's own practice, yeah, and towards, of course, the surrounding as well. But uh, it's also sometimes not so easy for us to accept that, that maybe we have to change uh, it also takes time and um, it's not done right away is this attitude also this relaxed um, kind of uh, kind uh, attitude uh, towards oneself it's also I think very crucial and then just uh, gentle presence and uh, patience and uh, we have also um, exercises that can help us to coordinate all the four phases so because at the end we should be breathing also fully for example, like in Yantra, we have a, uh, we use a kind of um, example for the breathing uh, that we have a bottle of water. And when we fill up the bottle of water, then it's, it goes from up, but it at first goes down and fills up from below up. No? Mm -hmm. And uh, exhalation, the example of exhalation is when we empty uh, the, the bottle, yeah, then at first it starts to uh, go out from the top. No? Mm -hmm. from top to the bottom it's in this way this is like kind of example of how the breathing should be it's uh, considered uh, to be in Vyantra yoga and also in this method and um, then we have also different exercises that can help us to understand this uh, this uh, behavior of the breath huh? also that the breathing is not only like a center but it goes to the ribs and to the back exactly. yeah it's kind of more fluid dynamic um, uh, process than just kind of a mechanical breathing uh, movement yeah it's it's very dynamics connected also with emotions and uh, a lot. Uh, yeah. mind relaxation means uh, we are uh, basically reopening and then uh, try to reconnect all the phases together and observe. We have always exercises where we are active in the position. Mm. We uh, breathe in the position, or we have uh, positions uh, connected with the breathing. Means we are moving while, so much we, of course, uh, for example, inhaling or exhaling. Means we are combining also the breath with the movement. Mm -hmm. This is also something that comes from Yantra Yoga, uh, which can uh, be very effective for the opening of the uh, of the breath. Uh, and yeah, and then. 
we stay relaxed and we observe. It means we are not always doing something, but we also leave space for to to see to experience the, the fruition, the effect of them of the exercise. Sometimes also we use the touching our body in order to because through the contact with the hands we have a much more direct connection also. We also feel we, better how the body breathes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sometimes we use also kind of like a phantom touch. Mm. It's not even touching, but only um, being like close to the body. It's also in Qigong, uh, it's applied like that. Means, uh, yeah, we are applying very simple, uh, simple means, and just using our own capacity of our body, our breath, which has been here since the beginning. Just sometimes we lose the, the connection to that. I remember in the past when I, when I was uh, joining the Siandra Yoga teaching workshop, I remember this was really challenging for me back then already to kind of, the, the, in the beginning when we were doing this breathing uh, exercises, pranayama with the, just with the closing the sides. Yeah, yeah. And for me, I was before I was coming from more Hatha yoga, also doing, and they were, we were having different type of the breathing. And I really realized that it's not hard, not, not easy actually to, to really learn to breathe in a, in a specific way, because maybe how do you just have to let it go like a wave, as you were saying, it let us a wave going the, the, the breath mm -hmm. out without controlling it it's it might it might look like as an easy thing but it's actually not at all yeah sometimes uh, we are human we are we have we make mistakes we have our habits yeah we have to be patient and discover and just uh, yeah stay on on the road <laughs> We were speaking before about the the, the Buddhism that well, you also also the, the active practitioner. Um, in a way, Buddhism and I think psychotherapy come they come from different directions actually. Uh, how can these two things be combined in therapy? Mm. Well, this uh, this is a question that can be answered in a simple way. Um, but um, kind of reflecting about this topic, as I'm also um, have experience in both uh, um, fields and also from both sides, like being a patient, uh, being a, also a student uh, of a Buddhist teacher and also being a teacher who teaches uh, some methods from the Buddhist tradition and also being somebody who advises or um, accompanies uh, uh, other people. Mm. Um, uh, I thought it's like uh, when uh, when I think about uh, psychotherapy then or psychology, let's say, then uh, I think this is something that we consider that it has a kind of a, a roots more in our culture here in the Western part. You know, we call that in, in such a name. Although like the dialogical practices were, I think are very old, like before there was a psychotherapist, there was maybe a healer or, you know, a, a priest, you know, mm. or somebody. I think it's always so, very old. Or the shamans, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, shaman. it's always like this human uh, encounter and uh, also some method or some ability of, mm. uh, one of one of 
these two. Yeah? Um, it's uh, quite old, I think. No? And, um, and uh, Buddhism, um, I mean, uh, you were also saying you encountered uh, Tibetan Buddhism when you were 16 no? in mm. a very beautiful way. I, I was about 20. No? And like till 20, I was living a completely <laughs> different life. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's why I was so excited also. <laughs> that, uh, I mean, somehow I had already my own roots, somehow my own development, and definitely was, uh, I was not raised in a Buddhist-like uh, culture. No? <laughs> and, Me neither. <laughs> um, and also, I don't know what it really means, because I, uh, something like that, I encountered Buddhism more like in a way of how it is transmitted or, the, or translated yeah, into... Mm our languages or also our way uh, how we uh, can understand it in a better way. But like in the contest, uh, like in the society in the East, uh, Buddhism has also so many different forms. Uh, uh, but the society generally, it was, I think is there it used to be more like a, a more collective. That people would keep like a family contacts or maybe whole village, you know, something. Uh, like that, uh, which has also, for example, I'm sure good sides, but also maybe not only, no? Yeah. But in the West, it's more like it was falling apart, this no? connection of the community, also the connection to the nature. Yeah? I, I mean, in general, I don't uh, say in, in all cases, but means, um, but I think also like uh, in the Buddhist tradition, when somebody was born there and then he knew all these uh, ideas, uh, general ideas about Buddhism, and then maybe they, uh, he decided to go to monastery, or the parents gave the monastery. Exactly, that's how it happens there, yeah. But uh, like that, um, he couldn't also choose, no? Mm. And then uh, also he had uh, their advisors, no? Teachers or elder students. And there was always also this um, dialogical process, I think, no? Always like, how is the practice going? Uh, and I think exactly. it's uh, kind of like a, like a psychotherapy. I mean, it's a, yeah. it's not called like that, but um, they both have a kind of the aim to uh, to um, to create an understanding or to somehow uh, uh, lessen the suffering. No, yeah, the suffering can be experienced in a different way, and we can have different understanding what suffering means. Maybe in like in the psychotherapy, uh, we would say, uh, uh, let's say somebody could say, uh, we are more uh, interested in like uh, creating, uh, uh, recreating space for the patient so that he can live his normal life. Uh, he can do his work. He can communicate with his family. He can understand maybe uh, the basis of his childhood, huh? yeah. uh, the way how he behaves now, and he can change that. You know? mm -hmm. Um, but in the same way, there is always, because we are spiritual being, means this, there is always uh, the, the deeper wish, no? But sometimes, like at first, uh, we feel like, oh, we have to understand something about ourselves and try to somehow deal with the normal life in a better way. And then maybe we also stop the psychotherapy, <laughs> because if you know, okay, it's okay. <laughs> but... Uh, uh, yeah, in the way to see uh, the Buddhist practice never stops. <laughs> and so we continue like that. But, for example, when uh, Chogyan uh, 
Trumpa Rinpoche. He was a uh, great, uh, important teacher in the U.S. in the 70s, 1860s. He died 84, I think, as I remember. Then when he came to the West, uh, he said, oh, I think the psychology, this is the religion of the West. And from the beginning, he was interested also in the culture there. And uh, then he co-founded uh, the university, which is called Naropa University mm -hmm. in Boulder, Colorado. And they would combine. Oh, there is also there was the beginning of the contemplative psychotherapy or psychology. Mm -hmm. And they, from the beginning, they would try to uh, combine, like to see how the Buddhist practice and also the knowledge, because uh, Buddhism is a kind of deep psychology. Yeah, and yeah. we look at that it's really very looks very deep yeah into the cause of suffering uh, how uh, this can be combined uh, with like the methods or the psychology knowledge yeah? uh, psychotherapy knowledge of the west and they would uh, try to combine that and uh, that's also how this contemplative approaches um, actually started to exist uh, it's, and there are many examples for that. Mm. And, uh, means there uh, they combined, and also this is why I was uh, trained in these methods, in this tradition. Means for me, it is something that uh, should be uh, combined, should go together, um, especially for us in the West. But it doesn't mean that it's like mixed up, you know, like a salad. salad <laughs> but it has to be skillfully. Uh, understood like both parts and also it has to be uh, uh, fitting to the to the patient you know or to the situation exactly and uh, it doesn't mean that also we are teaching buddhism it's not about that it's more like understanding the essence mm. how the mind is understood and in the way um, how we can embody that in the exactly. role of therapist or teacher without even speaking about it because exactly. uh, in, the, in the end we are just human you know we are vulnerable we have made many mistakes you know we are all uh, having the same situation and but we have a different sources that can help us to understand and to um, yeah to rebalance again our energy you know our understanding also the way how we live and i think this is this uh, is good to combine, but in very uh, skillful way. You know? There are also some therapists who really combine that, like specifically. Uh, they have. Mm -hmm. There are also systems called Buddhist psychotherapy, for example. Yeah, there are things like that, and also it is exist already. Okay, exist. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. In German, I know that in, in Austria, in Germany, there is uh, there are several people who uh, have also written books uh, how. I call it also this in great. such a way. This is great. Yeah, yeah. I can send you the, also the, the names of the mm. books if you want. And also recently I have uh, been uh, able to listen to uh, kind of introductory talks for an online seminar, which I couldn't attend. But it was, um, it was a dialogue between two uh, persons. One is called Gabor Mate. He's a originally of Hungarian origin and but he lives in US and he's a specialized he's a doctor in the trauma trauma treatment mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as he's a kind of one of those who yeah they have a name so in that field 
And the other one was uh, is a spiritual teacher uh, that I know only from the books and uh, from video. His name is A.H. Almas. Mm -hmm. He's a kind of coming more from the maybe Sufi tradition, yeah? teaching a kind of direct approach to, uh, to the um, real nature. A little bit like in also in Dzogchen teaching is applied. But they both agreed, uh, they see that how it is necessary to combine this, that uh, like a trauma, um, which is not resolved, not, uh, we are not aware of that, uh, can really be a great, uh, can, is a, has a great potential for our spirit to grow, exactly. but it has to be addressed, has to yes. be addressed. Yes. If it's not addressed, then a spiritual path can even create even more problems, yeah, can, um, uh, not speaking about the uh, fact that maybe sometimes some spiritual communities uh, have not very healthy environment. You know, it's not everything which is a, which is a gold is a gold. It's not exactly. <laughs> sometimes there are also it means uh, we have to be aware of. I think uh, for that reason, I think it's good to be um, kind of humble and just to look in his own his own behavior to see his. Uh, so my own family, for example, and try to like don't uh, uh, try to take everything in, you know, everything which is which is there. Also to um, to appreciate uh, his own uh, one host one own roots, you know, for mm. example, because it can happen very easily that when we grew up in an environment that was not very good, uh, and we have the tendency to kind of forget and just you know dismiss yeah. it. You know? Yeah. And uh, but it uh, remains. <laughs> it remains somehow. And if you don't work on to, that, it's gonna it's, it's gonna stay there. <laughs> and has to be uh, addressed in a gentle yes. way, you know, and has to be somehow integrated. Mm. And then um, it can really create such a good uh, base for any spiritual practice or whatever any life yeah, development it doesn't have to be spiritual practice. Means uh, I think this. Um, this, uh, and I think this is the point of like transmitting knowledge from one culture to the other, and also in different century, because when we are talking about Tibetan Buddhism, then we are talking mostly about last century, beginning mm. of last century, you know, mm. or even before. I mean, yeah, and uh, then you know, the teachers came to the West, and now we have again 21st century, I means it's like 50 years again uh, in the future. Yeah, it's definitely uh, cannot be, uh, you know, taken from one place to the other. It has to be um, understood uh, how it can be skillfully applied, translated and transmitted. It's many of the Buddhist teachers who live, for example, in the West for a long time. They also teach in different way now. They also, many of them, they are kind of open to psychotherapy, for example, or other, um, other means of development. Uh, because they also see uh, how the culture is. But I'm not saying that uh, you that Buddhism, Buddhist practice, uh, it's not enough. It is complete. But when it is applied correctly, uh, then uh, can be also complete. But if we feel like uh, somehow we are not, we need something more uh, to understand, then we should look and we should try to solve it or understand. Yes. When you were saying that the psych psychotherapy can open like for the person like a new space 
actually the Buddhism can also open this new space and more like new, this new balance, new more 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 positive space as well. No? Exactly. I mean, in the same, it's like, yeah. Anyway, there is so much overlapping. No, mm, but mm. we try to define uh, somehow and. Uh, I think the danger is when we are mixing up different things without really knowing. I yeah. think this is the point. That's why we can say it's coming from two different directions. But if when we understand really deeply uh, the system, uh, then uh, in ourselves, we see also ourselves as we are. No? Also, mm. many times we say that uh, our mind is like a mirror, that everything that appears is just like... Um, appearances yeah, outside inside but uh, sometimes we need a lot of uh, times to see ourselves in the mirror as we are you know as a yeah. human as a normal yeah. human then maybe we have uh, much more access to this um, to this mirror-like uh, recognition of our mind exactly just came to my mind now uh, i don't know if it's like that but it could be also it's true because you also when you were speaking about the trauma uh, yeah. I also, when I work with the people, I, I always try to say that trauma is the first step in the healing. So, no yes, matter, yes. because it's, if, if, as you said, if it's triggered that, that trauma, it is, if it's really person digging into that, and if it's that trauma, maybe later on gives the push for person to really, to really analyze, to really check where it is it come from. This is actually the first step of the healing. And as you say, you have to exactly. first look at yourself as a, as a mirror, mirror. And from there, it's yes. all going to start. Yes. But of course, it takes time. No? Yeah. A lot. <laughs> a lot. It doesn't happen Sometimes like this. But <laughs> you don't want to look because we cannot look. We are somehow so mm. not our fault. But, of course. Uh, but we, uh, we have this responsibility to change ourselves in each moment we can mm. do that we mm. cannot change the past and uh, yeah we, so we shouldn't be analyzing the past for years but we should be also open to that and see how the past or whatever yeah, influence our life and uh, our behavior and uh, then we can integrate that and with the help of other means we can quickly or maybe change that you know with such a man that it also remains uh, kind of changed it doesn't uh, uh, fall back, you know, all the time. Uh, we were mentioning like the traumas and things and when and how can contemplative practices help for the people? Yeah, contemplative practices. I think now with this uh, name, there are so many different things which can be uh, understood as a contemplative practice. For me, it's like always uh, something that uh, helps to um, integrate our body, mm. mind, breath, uh, emotions, somehow mm. integrate ourselves as a human being, but also then uh, this recognition that we are interconnected, we are connected to the others, to the environment, mm. also not feeling isolated. It's mm. for me, counterproductive praxis uh, uh, creates the space for this recognition, or this again, this recognition, which is something which is from the beginning here, but. Um, yeah, and uh, there are uh, so many. I mean, so many are connected with, uh, with with nature also. I think this is also important thing that we uh, kind of connect ourselves more with the nature. Yeah. And also like also with each other. It means there are methods 
like in the contemplative psychology, there are methods of uh, communication that we can apply. Like the different, you know, it comes also from the um, uh, like the uh, old Indian tradition of native Indians, like these uh, circles, you know, talking in the circles. And mm -hmm. there are so many uh, methods uh, which are more based on like uh, listening and talking, you know, presence in talking, listening, and always connecting with our real nature. It's, I think, in each of these practices, uh, this is always the starting point that we we are actually trying to reconnect with our real nature and also practice out of this real nature. I mean, it doesn't mean that we are becoming somebody else, but when we are more connected then we are more open, but in the same time, we feel also the boundaries of ourselves. We are not like lost in the openness. Yeah. There is also this clarity, this uh, recognition of uh, distinguishing things. Mm. It's not like everything is one thing. It's there is this clarity also of recognizing what is what is good, what is maybe not good. You know? And there is the aspect of warmth, means this quality of uh, of compassion, also self compassion. No? Uh, all this uh, this ability to um, to reason, uh, uh, have the uh, like uh, how you call it in English, uh, you know, like. Uh, yeah, the resonance. Yeah, exactly. mm. Resonance, yeah, to have the resonance with the surrounding and with also another human being. Um, this is, uh, and when we do more like uh, practices that are connected more with the body, body breath, we do it also, but uh, in different way. Sometimes also it's nice when we practice like yoga, which you together, like in a group, and we have also this experience of this together. Yeah? But also each of us, um, we can apply so many different things that we like. Um, we feel like it's good for us to apply. And so yoga, the entire yoga strengthens the body also. The body is uh, in good health, which is also important. We are more relaxed. Uh, the breath is more deep. And we can also apply meditation in a better way. We can also work better in different any kind of work we can do better if we are more relaxed and uh, strong also. And so it should be also something that is uh, useful in daily life, it should be integrated into daily life. There's also some exercises that we can do like in the, in our office. Uh, mm. We need for that like uh, one hour, or two hours and special place, special condition, but we can apply it uh, in any moment. Uh, this is all important. Very life. important, yeah. So otherwise, we are always waiting for the for the break, you no, know, for the better time. And it never comes. <laughs> yeah, never comes really. Yeah, it comes, but in goes again. Yeah. <laughs> try to, yeah, try to do the what we can. Uh, means any kind of contemplative practice. I usually work more with body, breath, and presence, observing, and also this communication methods of listening, talking. I mean, this is, um, I think, yeah, so what I also appreciate myself, but there are so many different other methods, yeah. Endless, endless also methods and benefits, no? Yeah, yeah. And what role do the body, emotions, conscious and unconscious mind and behavior play in contemplative psychology? Mm. 
Yeah, there are uh, different layers. Uh, mm, means there is also a way how we understand in contemplative psychology what body is, what is mind, what is uh, what is what are emotions. This is one thing. But at first, of course, as a um, uh, as for us as a practitioners, uh, we should be connected with our body. It's, mm. Of course, the base it's a is a kind of a shamatha vipassana practice. It means we should be practicing mindfulness for ourselves in order mm -hmm. to really be able to settle down to create this uh, to recognize re-recognize again this uh, this space yeah where everything is uh, uh, just like passing coming and passing and always try to keep the connection one of my uh, buddhist teachers he said uh, once then when you recognize uh, your real nature i mean we are recognizing in any moment also in the in the encounter with other people. But sometimes we have experiences, maybe as you were telling the experience with uh, meeting Dalai Lama, we have this kind of experience that is so vivid, no, so clear. Yeah. And then he said, this is like if uh, there is a newborn baby, no? this experience. And now the newborn baby is like the middle of the battlefield, you know, is the battlefield means like the, the emotions, the outside, inside, you know, and mm. we should be protecting it like, like a little baby, you know, like so precious, so precious. It's in the same way, uh, this is in a moment trying to reconnect with that, you know, and always protect like, uh, like if it's a battlefield, <laughs> then maybe in the course of time, we don't see it as a battlefield, so then more like, like a potentiality, you know, mm. but sometimes, it feels like a battlefield, <laughs> definitely. Means, uh, yeah, means um, the body is important because um, if we are kind of waking up, then we are waking up in our body, no? not somewhere outside. Uh, means we should be also taking care of our body. Of course, uh, we know the body is going to be old, uh, also sick. We will be sick and we will be dying. Mm. But we have time. We can. Uh, we know we can. Um, we have the body, we can uh, take care of it and we stay connected with the body and uh, cultivate uh, uh, through the body uh, the access, you know, to other, um, to, so the connection with the emotions like that means the body is the base, it's like the base. But uh, of course, then uh, we have emotions uh, and thoughts and uh, mind breath means the breath this is another thing usually we apply also in buddhist practice but in the contemplative psychology as well that uh, we work with the breath while for example doing still meditation then we reconnect with the breath but we can apply coherent breathing or some other <laughs> breathing technique and uh, then uh, the emotions are like we see them as a expression of our real nature you know Chogyan Trungpa, he, uh, he, had, uh, mm, he called our real nature in kind of Western, uh, um, he used the uh, uh, name brilliant sanity, for example, or um, yeah, I think this was the one he used uh, the most. Yeah? I mean, it's, he was not calling it Buddha nature, but as a brilliant sanity. Yeah? I mean, something which is, is here, it's brilliant. Yeah? It's, it's, it's there and it's, um, it's amazing. Yeah? or another name, I don't remember now. And um, means the emotions are also expression of our, of this uh, brilliant sanity. 
but um, as with the uh, trauma, no, uh, they have potential. Through the emotions, we can discover also our brain sanity more. We can uh, reconnect uh, because the, uh, for example, let's say air anger, no, it's a kind of emotion that we all know. Actually, we know all the emotions <laughs> because also there is in Buddhist teaching, also in the contemplative tradition, there is the teaching about that we have the seeds of the emotions. So it's, they are part of our existence. That's why we have the experiences. And as a human, we know, and I say anger, anger, everybody knows what it is. Because we, we have the seed. Yeah? But um, like, for example, Anger is usually connected to uh, when we hurt, feel like threatened. No? There mm. is something, it doesn't have to be ourselves, but can be also like other person, but it somehow attacks the integrity of our identity. No? Exactly. And that's why we feel anger. That's why sometimes it appears also like just with the remembrance, with the past away, you know, long time ago, years mm. ago. Mm. Still, it can trigger. Uh, we meet situation and triggers out again the situation means there is uh, this reaction and um, this is also where the clarity it's a kind of tells us a truth no there is something also clear and also like anger can be very uh, it's usually like for sometimes when we are angry but still connected with our let's say brilliant sanity more or less yeah then it's a the Ergo is kind of liberating, it's kind of cutting through, you know, it's like a exactly. lightning flash in the sky, uh, which illuminates the whole sky at that moment, mm -hmm. yeah, it means you have this, uh, it can also liberate like tension, yeah, our tension, also tension in the group or whatever, yeah, we can recognize like a truth, this is like that, you know, not like it was, I was thinking, yeah, I mean, this is the quality also of uh, this, uh, we call it Vajra, you know, the contemplative psychotherapy this is connected to one buddha family also anyway but erga uh, can be also this destructive no because sometimes mm. we have this uh, we are kind of convinced about our truth no yeah. then we are closing up we kind of create narrow uh, view and we are closing up uh, from the other possibilities no? and uh, then we are also destroying no? exactly because Means it's like a block uh, it's like a block, but in the beginning, it's like a, it's a kind of a spark mm. of clarity, you know? There is something not correct or something that has to be understood, yeah? Changed, yeah? This is the first spark. This is also important. Sometimes uh, compassion can be also wrathful, no? And we recognize something is not good, uh, like in our behavior or whatever, yeah? Then this can be also an expression of mm. compassion. Mm. Doesn't have to be always uh, very kind. Uh, can have also this aspect of uh, clarity, which comes with anger. No? And so, so the other emotions, when we see them more like um, like a possibility. But of course, when we are uh, too much um, controlled by them, no? especially uh, because in contemplative psychotherapy we talk also about this touch, touching, and going. Huh? Yeah. It's like the experience is coming. You see, touch, and then you. Yeah, you come into contact, but then you let go. <laughs> this is not so easy. <laughs> yeah, but it is possible because this is already nature. I mean, I have these experiences, but I have also the experiences of where it's not possible at all, you know, even though I know it's possible. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, because then uh, there is this uh, stuckness, you know, and then this repetition and disconnected with um, 
somehow it starts in the body, but then thought comes and the thought creates emotion. And this even like um, intensifies that, yeah? And the emotion is becoming like so real, you know? But actually it started with the spark. <laughs> started with the spark, but it became something so real, which on the end, when it's faded, after it's fading away, we, we see it was like a dream. There was nothing real. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, there was something, but it was this park. But the other thing, you know, this creation of this concrete story, yeah, it's like a dream. Um, and we were just lost in the dream. And that's mm. why. And then we recognize that and we come back to the, come back home <laughs> and continue like that. But, um, and the mind, of course, mind is, uh, of course, the boss, no? The mind but is connected with our emotion, with our energy. This is so connected, yeah, it's not so easy to separate. Uh, but of course, if we are uh, trying to uh, keep our mind open, but at the same time also observe ourselves, what thoughts are coming, yeah? uh, which uh, habits are coming back, yeah? Mm. Is there jealousy always appearing, you know, in some situations? And then, but it appears also in other situations. That means there is something we can, you know, should be addressed, yeah? Can be addressed in very gentle way, yeah, of observing, you know, and uh, understanding. Uh, jealousy sometimes is connected to the, that uh, we feel not enough. You know? We feel somehow, exactly. and then we have this. Uh, we create this, uh, to say, this habit, yeah, of protecting that, yeah, this, exactly. uh, this soft, uh, broken heart, yeah. Mm. And uh, but in the end, uh, when we see, then we see we are so rich. You know? We have so much potentiality. Yeah? We are usually accomplished so many things in our life. We are so beautiful human being. We don't have really. The, we don't have to be jealous. You know, it can be also work like that. But sometimes mm. we can touch that also, and then um, just vanishes, disappears, changes. But uh, for example. Like in the contemplative psychotherapy, we have psychology, we have also method, which is a supervision method. Mm -hmm. Normally, supervision is a method where you come to somewhere, there is a super supervisor, no? Who, uh, and you are telling him about your client or whatever, you know, your, um, and uh, trying to, to get some feedback from him and help. But this is a contemplative way of uh, supervision and it's applied in the group. Uh, and um, it's called body, speech, mind supervision. Mm -hmm. Is there, for example, we, uh, we are describing a client, he's not present, but we are kind of aware of that he's not present. And we are always trying to recognize, this is also important in the work of the contemplative uh, psychotherapist, that he's recognizing the um, brilliant sanity in himself, but also in the client. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if the client is completely crazy. Yeah? Of course, this craziness should be addressed. And for that, the psychotherapist has also training, has a skill. You know? he has a, one point is this uh, training in practice and uh, the recognition of his own brain's sanity, but also skill of like a methodology that also is important. But... Um, mm, that's why we try to keep that, yeah. And in this method, we are describing, for example, client. One is one person who knows the client describes him, and he describes him according to body, speech, and mind. And the body, the description of the body, it's not simply the body, how how big is the person. And the description is also like a 
it's not uh, it's just descriptive like you are describing it without putting too much uh, you know analytic or some um, some ideas into that mm -hmm. yeah it's, you try to describe as it would be like a picture that you are describing as you describe the body how is the nose the eyes yeah and then uh, bodies are also the environment like the the, the apartment yeah is how is the apartment? How is the light there? Are there some uh, flowers? Yeah. Is there a cat? Um, how is eating? Yeah. Or is he driving a car? Yeah. What is his work? Yeah. Means the body is something uh, that we can touch. It's a kind of more physical. Yeah. So we can touch it. It's like we can see it with our senses, perceive it with our senses, and we can touch it. Yeah. This is like the body aspect. It's not only the body, but it's so much. Yeah? So for example, if you look at a room of somebody or a house, you already see the expression mm. is uh, being it's also, no? not only how, he's look, how he looks like. Yeah? Even if when he's not talking, you already know, maybe uh, you feel there is a exactly. kind of way he's manifesting. And the emotions, uh, the other part is like a speech, means it's like how we speak. Yeah? Which uh, speed, yeah? how many languages, for example, you know, do we speak like fast or you know is there poses um you know, how we are articulating things you know? are we speaking like the whole sentence till the end yeah and our emotions like um, how we express emotions um which emotions are more present you know? how are also our relationships you know? and means the the aspect of the speech uh, and also how is our breath it's like the way how we communicate, how we uh, how we connect with the with the others, yeah, mm. with the world, yeah. How we go into the connection, yeah, with ourselves, but also the outside. Means the body is more concrete, and uh, emotions or speech is something we can hear, yeah, we can, but we can perceive, yeah. It's more like a sensing. There is not so much food, yeah. you cannot like grasp it <laughs> but you somehow feel no you know you hear yeah you hear and you you know that in this intonation there is something yeah? but uh, you cannot say it's like that but you have this perception of that and the mind is more how we uh, you know how we um, think uh, how is our uh, view of the world so do we see the world like that or like a dark place you know or are we vegetarians? Yeah, our ideas, our concepts, no, our, our um, recognitions of, of uh, our views, basically, no? so, and how we uh, think, also, what kind of interest we have, what we read, uh, what we study. Yeah? This also tells about the mind level. Means uh, we see it also like in more larger perspective. Like the whole world, uh, you could describe in these uh, categories. Of course, the categories cannot be separated, but we separate them in order to create a kind of a space for understanding. But they are like entwined, you know, they are like together. For the body is an expression of the mind, the mind is an expression of the body, the emotion is an expression of the body. You know? But uh, we have this. Uh, this way also of observing our dimension. Wow, it's actually it's very complex when you when you it's start complex, digging. It's complex but also simple. It's mm. also very simple. Everything actually it's very simple. You know, sometimes when we describe that it seems like complicated, but <laughs> but it's always 
our brain sanity, no? Mm. And out of brain sanity, we, uh, we have some some frame, we create some container, no? Yes. And that we can work, but uh, we know what is the essence and we don't get lost just because of the complexity of the method. For me, it reminds me when, when you all described it all, it reminded me, uh, I was going through the yoga teacher training lately and the, the master was explaining all of the levels as well of the yoga. And this was also reminded me this very complex uh, classifications. It's not only about the body, but it's also about everything, about the behavior, about how we see, about the emotions and so on. I, I, I found some similarities actually with that. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there are mm. always, this is reflected to everywhere. In some exactly. other way, you can find it different ways, different traditions. Yeah. Sure. Uh, I just mentioned yoga. What does yoga mean to you, for example? Yeah. Actually, when I think about myself, I don't really like. I don't consider myself as a, like a yogin. <laughs> yeah, but even though. Even though that you are the yoga teacher. <laughs> I am. I am, and uh, it's true. But I came to practice of yantra because of my interest, no. And, uh, and um, working with mind and receiving uh, Buddhist absorption teachings. Uh, and I am you know, I am practitioner of yoga, definitely, but <laughs> sometimes, because I became now a member of uh, Austrian Yoga Association and I feel it's very beautiful, but it's like for me something new because <laughs> <laughs> I consider myself as a kind of normal person, you know, practitioner and uh, of the Yantra Yoga and also teaching the Yantra Yoga, but I consider myself like a like a yoga, you know, yoga dimension. <laughs> but uh, uh, of course, uh, yeah. For example, the Tibetan name for yoga means uh, Naljor in Tibetan. This is very old name, uh, which uh, came probably from the eighth century or ninth century, from the early uh, phase of translation uh in tibet and uh, nal means nalma means like uh, like innate essence like it's something like the brilliant sanity yeah mm. but in tibetan language we have so many different words that describe the same but a little bit in different aspects <laughs> because the tibetan classical language is uh, built you know around around this knowledge and so they have so many different terms that are, are kind of pointing to the same point Means uh, now my means like the innate essence, uh, which is something which is interesting uh, here, yeah, already. And jorva means to like to connect or to discover. Means like in Tibetan means yoga like to discover and you know, or connecting to the to the real nature. We can simplify it. Say means this is what uh, yoga means in Tibetan, and. Um, we do it uh, yantra yoga through the movement, uh, through combining mm. the breath, the movement, and the presence of the mind and the open presence, but also the presence which is rooted in uh, in our body. And um, it is like um, for me, it's uh, it's like a, like a dance sometimes. Of course, it's a physical. It is physical, but. Um, there is also this balance of um, this male and female energy for me in yantra yoga. Because for me, when I speak about yoga, I can speak about yantra yoga. This is what I practice since uh, uh, I don't know, 20 years and did practice also other yoga traditions, but never really with such a depth and understanding. 
means even in the antra i feel many times i don't really understand uh, still but uh means it's a it's a kind of expression of our behavior no mm. it's like um, how we behave um because how we behave is a somehow expression of them of that also how we are and how is our mind body no and emotions uh, is a kind of expression and also through the behavior we can influence again the body speech and mind no? it's like uh, going back and forth means yantra is an expression of our real nature uh, but it's also physical exercise that helps us to strengthen the body uh, to, to uh, harmonize the energy we speak about five pranas no? five different prana energy in the body we have the recognition of the organs according to Tibetan medicine means uh, we have the understanding that uh, yantra yoga I have to also say this yantra yoga is one of the many yantra yoga traditions in Tibet it's the one lineage of the yantra yoga that mm-hmm. Chogyam was teaching we have different yeah okay so yantra yoga is like uh, when you say yoga yeah it's yantra yoga means uh, true core uh, exercises uh, that are so different many yeah in Tibet means um, and in this uh, yantra yoga we uh, basically yeah combine the breath the presence and then the relaxation in between like again doing something and then doing nothing you know and just being that uh, what is what remains after the effort no let's say mm-hmm. the effort is also not so um, shouldn't be such a great effort <laughs> It's an effort to combine the presence in the movement with the breath, but we don't have to break our legs, you know, or something. <laughs> I mean, we can also, but <laughs> we have also many exercises that we can break everything, but <laughs> it's not the main point. Huh? Means I'm more like um, in this um, understanding, and also I think we, this is our understanding of Yantra Yoga, that it's more like the, uh, the dance of the different aspects of ourselves, our expression. It can help us also to again to reconnect and um, it's also mindfulness practice because when you practice you cannot think about so many things i mean Stacking. if you think you get distracted then you do something else this is also very good mindfulness practice it combines breath presence and the body movement i mean this is what uh, for me yoga means or yantra yoga in this case but again, it's not uh, disconnected from my, uh, I try to practice in such a way that it remains present. Or like, even though I leave home and I walk, somehow it should, should it remains. In just the, stay inside. In the, uh, I mean, sometimes I forget about it completely. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let's be honest, uh, I have to admit that. But uh, yeah, many times I remember, yeah, and I think, oh, wow, well, how, I, should do something how it was in yantra you know in these purification readings you can do them anytime means yeah basically just normal human being but reminded and having uh, let's say some uh, this uh, fortune of being able to know some means that can help yeah this is from yantra yoga do you think that yantra yoga for example and the uh, breathing techniques and exercises can help people to become happier in this in this hectic and busy world, materialized world nowadays we are having? Well, uh, I think it is one of the methods that can help. Uh, so Chagyalam Kainabo, he decided to teach this Yantra Yoga openly also for this reason. 
Mm. And then he thought it might be useful for anybody. Also, anybody can learn a great part of this Yantra Yoga. Also, we are uh, yeah, several many teachers. Also, in the Respira Harmonious Breathing, there are also mm. number of teachers in each country. Also in Yantra Yoga, we are many teachers. I mean, not many. We are maybe hundred something, uh, which is not many for the whole. Exactly because with world, the Yantra Yoga, it's way less than than with the traditional Hatha Yoga. It's true because our training was uh, somehow different, and uh, uh, the teacher, the main teacher, Chogan Amkhanabo, was authorizing us, mm. and he is not here. This, this is also the fact of that. But um, but still, no. Um, uh, and I think uh, uh, so. There is a book uh, which is uh, you can buy also for the respira. There is a book. Means uh, it's something that, uh, like for example, if somebody to my courses usually come people who are kind of Buddhist. They are interested in Buddhism, and they look for uh, yoga, which is a Buddhist more like, uh, and, uh, or people who practice other yoga tradition. Also come sometimes other the teachers teachers of other let's say hatha yoga traditions so many and they find it as inspiration they also for their own practice and also like even people who don't practice any yoga they somehow appreciate this yeah this this dance or this combination this uh, this uh, synchronization of body uh, breath and mind. And also this physicality as well. It is something also for the body, well, for the stretch and for the, yeah, also, I'm sure it also has a good effect for the heart rate variability. Yeah, I, we didn't measure these things, but mm. I'm sure it will have uh, also similar effects. Yeah, the Bacchus uh, nerve. I don't means I always feel after Antarctica, I always think, why I didn't do that yesterday? <laughs> 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 I try to practice regularly, but sometimes I think, actually great, but why what I did yesterday? <laughs> it's for me like that, no? I think I'm guess that each of us have uh, some favorite, you know, uh, uh, exercises or methods, contemplative practices. So, so you were saying now, mentioning now the, the daily practices. Then, what is your morning routine like? Are you are you practicing this in the mornings, or how does it for you personally? Yeah, um, I would love to have a kind of stable routine, but <laughs> it's not like that. But uh, yeah, definitely, I do it in the morning practice. So if it's like more sitting practice, or um, Yantra yoga, or sometimes I practice Qigong also. Depends. Uh, uh, it's definitely, I feel like uh, when I start in the morning with something which synchronizes, mm. especially after wake, waking up. After waking up, there is a little bit something <laughs> mixed up, many things, <laughs> many times. Sometimes you wake up, you are clear, but many times no. Most of the and times, so, no. <laughs> yeah, and that's why for that reason, it's a kind of like a inner shower, you know. Mm. The outer shower is. Uh, uh, it's it's clear it's very good but this is the inner shower mm. i always try to do something even if it's only five minutes or sometimes it's half an hour or one hour it depends on which time i have but um also i try to be not too strict you know because i i know for me it's good also to have this 
just to see what I like to do also, not to have already the idea what I should do, uh, which I also have this tendency. <laughs> and I try to balance it. <laughs> Sometimes do nothing also. It's also a very good routine. Uh, it's kind of enjoy, you know, just enjoy this. Because the fruit of the practice, it does, it's not disappearing after, you know, no. three hours you know it remains so even if you don't do one week something you know so there is still this recognition but um, if we stop again to take care of this uh, to say this uh, cultivation this remembering for the cultivation then we can go to us can get also lost yeah? then we have to find our way back but it also depends no? each exactly. of us is different uh, it's not one way. Uh, yeah. You were mentioning also many books uh, during this uh, episode uh, of the podcast. Is there any important book that helped you improve over the years? Well, there are for sure many books, teachings of Chogyanam Kanobu, but also recently I was reading a lot of research also about um, this. Um, neurobiology and things like that. I mean, it's always, uh, there's always some insight. Um, uh, so there are really good uh, scientists in these days who are also practitioners, but also able to create research and also mm. write it down, formulate it. It's also very, very inspiring. But recently, now just, uh, I was, uh, as I said, for the Harmonious Breeding and Yantra, there are books anyway, also in contemplative psychotherapy. Mm -hmm. Also, this contemplative psychotherapy I described is like the, um, the one which uh, is connected with uh, Chogyan Trumpa, the butcher in the 70s. But now under contemplative psychotherapy can find many different also aspects connected to, I don't know, positive neuroplasticity and all this research about self-compassion, mindfulness, means there it's, it's included now. Yeah. And I have uh, just recently, uh, I don't find the book now, there is a book written by um, Zigar Konchul Rinpoche, he's a Buddhist teacher living in the West, mm -hmm. and he uh, wrote a book which is called Training in Tenderness. Mm -hmm. He calls this uh, brilliant sanity like uh, Tsewa, in Tibetan it's called Tsewa, Tsewa means like love but also tenderness, and he's describing it as a, as a tender heart. And the book uh, is very nice. It's uh, I like very much um, the way how he's describing it. Uh, yeah, and he also gave uh, talks about this uh, training in tenderness. You can find in YouTube. But also, I consider him as a very good teacher, so very uh, accessible you know, for living in the West. Also, and this is uh, training in tenderness. It's a very nice book. I'm reading reading it now and trying to make some notes and then maybe write kind of a review or mm. a little bit like that mm. but otherwise uh, as you see uh, yeah, I'm sitting in my room and there are many yes, books the first thing what I saw was all of these books <laughs> it's, it is, uh, well, I'm not so proud so I mean it's nice to have books but <laughs> just a book but uh, yeah books are nice there are so many uh, so many but sometimes it's like that uh, I come across to something that uh, just I was not planning mm. and I am for example also this uh, system called jinkies this is like a western uh, 
system uh, created by uh, Richard Rutt. Mm -hmm. kind of, and I don't know if you know human design is a kind of astrology mm -hmm. system. Anyway, there are so many things that are also like recent and uh, let's say created uh, with somebody who lives in the West. Yeah, also exactly. very inspiring, yeah, mm -hmm. very profound teachings. Um, it's also, um, you can always look around what is just now uh, coming uh, out and it can be also very inspiring. It doesn't have to be uh, coming from the Tibetan teacher. It can mm. be also from others. Yeah. You are so full of the information and full of the history and full, I'm sure <laughs> you are something passionate about. So what are you currently most passionate about? Uh, about simplicity <laughs> <laughs> really i try to that's uh, what i try to live kind of yeah this fullness it's beautiful but it mm. has also the essence that is the simplicity i'm just mm. also um, try to be kind of satisfied with, with what that what you have you know just enjoy um i'm trying to be passionate about kind of uh, kind of normality now also. also in this lockdown we have a lockdown again here in Vienna and yeah it's a, it's a time to kind of yeah, stay alone and teach online and it kind of remembers you of the of the uh, impermanence uh, the years are passing and kind of trying to recollect you know to reflect also and just to see yeah in this fullness there is also like one meeting point it means i'm trying to kind of uh, stay with that i'm passionate about not to get uh, too excited exactly. <laughs> to be not to get passionate. too much, <laughs> too much. <laughs> something like that but it's yeah to find the balance no exactly it's, uh, it's always the point um also meeting people, which is not so easy. So I enjoy also. Uh, sometimes uh, I think I should open again a tea house because I liked very much in Prague. Hi, it's a beautiful idea. <laughs> I was working in a mental hospital and as a balance, I was working in a tea house, <laughs> which was uh, quite a different uh, situation. And I like this preparing tea, a different temperature of the water. And then it's serving. also like mindfulness, no? Yeah, it's a mindfulness, but mm -hmm. it's also kind of a service. It's also something mm. that I do. But also I enjoy it. And this, the tea has also good um, kind of influence on your mind. Then you open up, you know, <laughs> become more easy. Talk, exactly. Easy uh, in talking. Yeah. And so I, I'm planning to, um, to actually do invite some people for kind of tea house occasion in my home, in our home. Super nice. Super I would like nice. to kind of create a kind of a simple uh, containers of for encounters of different people, an exchange and a little bit uh, get in touch also. With uh, yeah, with new people. I don't know. I hope I will through the yoga association. Maybe I meet also other people. And uh, whatever is will be coming across in my life. Yeah, inviting for a cup of tea. <laughs> also beautiful. you. Maybe. Beautiful. Now I want to come to, to, to Vienna for a cup of tea. <laughs> I 
very nice things here, very nice. And uh, you can say, I would like to feel like that. And then I choose a tea and mm -hmm. <laughs> prepare it. Super nice. I like better than Better than mindfulness practice. Or exactly. Practice. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, can be combined. Can be combined, exactly. Yes. And sure. we can have a very good conversation with that. Exactly. Yes, yes, yes. Nice. I, I wish you I, I wish you a lot of luck with it with it with the new ideas and the new projects. Yes, yes. Let's stay humble and I think life is also kind of uh, is a mystery, you know. Mm. Sometimes um you have a kind of a project, no kind of a idea. Mm. But uh, it's also nice uh, to let go and be open exactly. and just receive this mystery and um, mm. so this uh, have this curiosity for things. Remain connected with our brain sanity. It's always the this is the only thing we need, really. Mm. And other things uh, they can just happen. You don't have exactly. to um, manipulate the reality you know, in our in order to protect our identity. I mean, sometimes, exactly. but it's it's a balance, no? We need that, but also uh, sometimes it's also nice to uh, to receive the presence, you know, just from the from the life itself. Exactly, just keep on living. Keep, keep on living, yeah. Drinking tea, and do a little bit of working, and then drinking tea again. Exactly. <laughs> 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 and yeah, whatever. Well, whatever we need to do. So for the people who is actually would like to try any of your any of your breathing techniques or the yantra yoga or anything, how can they find you? Tell tell everyone how, how everyone can first, find you. First of all, they are I'm just one of uh, of several mm -hmm. means mm -hmm. you can find also in the countries they live uh, someone. Otherwise, I have a website, which uh, is my name, pud.com. Uh, I will put it in the description. Yeah, in yeah. The and that it's, uh, the website is in German in the moment and mm -hmm. will be also in English, but now it's in the moment. Also, I'm teaching mostly in German as I'm based now in Austria, in Vienna. Mm -hmm. But I also teach in English, of course, and also in Czech. Mm -hmm. And I have the occasions. Uh, it means yeah basically through the website there is also contact for more you can write and i can send you the news about what i'm planning yeah like that. are you teaching now mostly online i assume no mostly online i was teaching now of uh, offline and online at the same time kind of hybrid <laughs> which is um, well let's say is a uh, better than it's like the situation is, but it's not like uh, that I would con I would like to continue mm. like that. Mm. Because it's always uh, kind of uh, losing the, you know, this presence is to be exactly. divided. Mm. But now I'm teaching again online because uh, we cannot do anything else. We cannot meet means I'm teaching online. But uh, I think the online teaching has also advantages. But sometimes maybe it's good to like as for yantra yoga to like take a course live somewhere someone and then you can continue also online but uh, i think the combination is is good it's good yeah 
Jan, thank you so much for yeah. for sharing all of this all of this knowledge you have and this was amazing <laughs> well yeah i hope i feel also it was nice to talk to you you were kind of uh, creating the space no in which i could uh, share something i think it was uh, again this uh, dialogical situation no? it's not um, it's like uh, together space created together also i was thinking about the audience sometimes uh, i don't know but uh, try to also um, in that is also embedded you know the situation mm. of somebody else listening yeah and then i was kind of trying to speak um, freely without so much control and <laughs> uh, why well, well, i actually wanted also to do that i wanted to make people to get also the interest more in, into Yandra Yoga because I have the feeling this is the most, um, well, since is that not that as popular as the Hatha Yoga, for example, so not many yeah. people even knows about the existence of the of the Yandra Yoga. And, and I was always the one like speaking a lot to the people around and saying, oh, did you know? So I really uh, hope that Many people after seeing um, this podcast is going to get the interest in trying that and yes. also in trying all of the possible uh, breathing techniques, because yeah. as, uh, as you mentioned before, this is endless benefits for, for the, all of us living in this, in this busy life, in this yeah. always changing world and Thank you again. Thank you so much for, for being. Thank you so much for join for joining this this podcast. This is also going to be very special because it's the it's the last podcast of this year. It's ah, the twelfth. Ah, exactly, it's going to be published in beginning of the December. So um, hopefully, people are going to have something to contemplate as well during this time, yes. the Christmas time. You know, the 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 holidays. And, and yes, um, I'm actually going to, to record, I think, the last one in the, during the Christmas on the new year, but this is going to be published in, the, in, the, in the January already. Yes, yes. But we're going to close the year with a very, very calm and very um, spiritual mood. I'm really happy. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy too. And I'm, if, of course, if anybody, from the audience is interested and can find me through the website write a question or share something uh, maybe they also maybe several uh, similar experiences so always happy to hear um, and for everyone who is watching or listening it thank you again for for taking this time and and learning something new or seeing again another person sharing his own his own experience and uh, influencing others and yes hopefully all of us see you next year again and have a good time have a good holidays and see you next time ciao, ciao. okay thank you see you some other time huh?